What's going on, world? Welcome to the Double Up Podcast. I'm your host, Double Up, and we're here to connect perspectives. Today, we got another special guest in the building, good friend of mine, Mr. Cal Collier in the building. We're going to be discussing his journey, man. He grew up in St. Louis, started his own fashion line, was able to blossom and be a thriving black business right now. So, a lot of gems coming in. Let's tap in. Q, can you hear me, bro? Yes, sir. How you doing, bro? Uh, good, man. Welcome to the podcast. Appreciate you taking the time, my G. Uh, absolutely, bro. Absolutely. Man, that's one thing I noticed from Jump, G, is your presentation in your store, man. Like, a lot of places you walk in, it ain't that type of experience, man. Every time I see photos, it'd be right there, making sure that the client had that, that A1 experience when they come in, man. What what that mean to you, and why was that important to have that set up and that feel when they come into your, your business? Uh, what it meant to me, bro, is just me pouring back into my clients, bro. You know what I'm saying? Me, like, giving uh, everybody that gold boy experience, that, that royalty experience, just reminded us where we really come from, man. You know, it's past the slavery days, man. We really, uh, our heritage is really royalty, you know what I'm saying? So I wanted people to understand that when you sit up here on this golden throne, man, that's what it is, man. You, you royalty, when you wear that gold boy, you represent something way deeper than just uh, urban street apparel that's real bro and like you see i'm tapped in man like my my cousin actually put me on my cousin Lorraine. a lot of people call him leo but he was leo. the one that yeah yeah i know he shot with you plenty of times man but i think that uh when i first found out about the brand and what it stood for that's really what got me on it of course it's fresh and the, the swag is there but the purpose behind it was big to me tell the people a little bit about where, where you grew up at and and what influence it had on you when you when it comes to morals and principles uh sure i grew up i'm out of out of st louis missouri man i, I grew up in st louis uh moms moved around a lot so we was like in uh we was in illinois for a minute east saint uh, i was in uh, uh we was like in edwardsville area for a while so I was, i'm kind of diverse bro i got to see like every side of the spectrum honestly um morals and values man i come from a family background i got a really close niche of family, you know, saying grandparents was tight, um, you know, uncle solid, you know, so a lot of my family members always uh, try to put, make me a good stand-up guy, you know what I'm saying? So I respect them a lot, man, how they raised me and how I came up, you know, um, that's that's basically it, bro. It's just, you know, taking what I was, what I was taught and, you know, and applying it to my adulthood, I, I honestly. Oh, doubt, G. And like growing up in St. Louis, because I'm born and raised, people's moved from the north side out to, to North County. So I was about to be going to Hazelwood East, actually, until we ended up uh, transferring at the beginning of my freshman year. I ended up going to Hazelwood West. But okay. I, to to East Bad, yeah. man. I know because y'all had the dynasty over there on the east side, man, for sure, for sure. And I know you played ball back in the day. So what was it like coming up in high school? What, what does sports mean to you? in terms of an avenue to, to express your passion. 
Yeah, honestly, bro. Uh, so I came up in St. Louis on the south side, um, like 12th Street, Shoto, Kid Cut. I was, we was all over, bro, for real, on the south. I went to, um, I went to Gateway for a few years. Two years I went out there, played ball, coming straight from Matthew Dickey, you know, and uh, Matthew Dickey. Dang, Matthew Dickey, bro. I fuck with it. Coach Sites. So, you know, we, we bulldogs, baby. Yeah, yeah. So, man, Coach Sites had us together, man. We was out there balling. When I turned like 14, I, I became a tailback, you know, played running back and whatnot. And uh, I, I started developing a love of just running that rock, man. So, um, transferring from Gateway to Hazelwood East was a big transformation. You know what I'm saying? Because we went from like a program where there really wasn't a program in the city. We just did what we wanted to do in the PHL. We just played off pure talent. And uh, going to Hazelwood East was like a pure program. And we was dealing with coaches who develop people to college, to the NFL. So mm -hmm. it was a straight transition. But East made me become a straight real champion, bro. Because, you know, that type of uh, mindset, that type of delivery, um dedication it takes to to be a champion and it's and to be a team player man so there's no 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 uh no i and win and win bro no i and team you know it's, yeah. so at the end of the day it's like uh hazelwood East definitely uh, opened my mind my eyes so i'm a, I'm a true spartan bro we are undefeated uh championship dynasty man we had uh just got a award bro like it's in the back man i wish i could bring it out for you but we just got award uh after 20 years of us playing i've been I'm, i've been out of high school for over 20 years they just gave us a hall of fame award for all the hazelwood schools and we were the best team that ever came out of hazelwood period you know Man, so that's saying a lot g because it have been some squads coming out the hazelwood district yeah none none like us though bro we came out in 90 uh a 90 a 96 year man we was the, the best that ever did it and I, I'm, I'm glad i had the opportunity playing with those guys man it was a magical year and uh man i'm but like I said, I, I was I was honored to even have the reunion. It wasn't a reunion. I'm sorry. I'm honored to have the uh, the Hall of Fame party at the store. We was right here jamming out. Man. I mean, I'm talking about all these NFL players, man, that made it, dog. Like to hear stories of them playing against each other, D1, and then playing against each other in the league. And I got like two friends that got Super Bowl rings, man. Like it's huge, bro. Like so. It's an honor, though, to, to, to be friends with people like that, you know, to grow up and have peers, people like that, and then just to be able to grow and develop with them, man, like just becoming a, a pure champion. Now, this, that's all I believe in, bro, is just pushing that type of mindset forward, you know what I'm saying, towards our culture, especially the youth, man, because they need that type of discipline these days, you know? No doubt, G. And sports be that outlet where you can you can build up principles. You can have brotherhood. You can have older male mentors who who care about you and care about your well being. You mentioned that you came from a city school and then moved out to a county school. With a lot of people talking about how we need to empower our communities, how we need to buy back the block, do things of that nature. What are your thoughts on people? who say, I don't want my kids to even go to these public schools. We just got to find somewhere that got better resources when sometimes you hear that that might not be the best approach if we want to build up the public schools. Uh, honestly, bro, I, I'm not really too far into the politi politics side of that. Uh, I am a firm believer of uh, not allowing the schools to raise your children, man. Like, for real. Like, at the end of the day, bro, like, it starts in the household, not the school. So, uh, I pushed, I pushed that more than anything. Just, you know, grabbing your kid, you know what I'm saying? Putting them under your wing 
and and even if you don't have, you're not equipped with it you might be somebody in your family or a friend that's equipped with it mm-hmm. you know getting them in the right circle and having the right influence on them man like just throwing them in sports keeping them active keeping them off the um, phones and and the influences in like the television and the media because you know what they're doing uh with the media uh projectories and stuff like that man like they just they dumbing down the whole uh thing they call life man you know so I just believe in just the old school way, bro. You know what I'm saying? Get them kids out there, play some killer man and stuff like that. <laughs> so, uh, Don't even put it on the coaches and the school to raise your kids. You can't because the system's already set up to fail us. So even like you say, the public schools and, you know, they, they lacking resources. They lacking uh, paid, uh, paid teachers that should be paid way more. They lacking so many more things because uh, – you know, those schools are in inner city areas where liquor stores in every corner, where drugs everywhere, killing everywhere. So you got to understand they're not even pouring and investing into cities like into schools like that. There's plenty of gyms in, in in the city. You know, there's plenty of gyms all through the area. But if you're not going to invest in it, you're not going to polish it up. How, how would you ever see it shine, bro? You know what I mean? That's a fact, G. And that's what we need. We need more people to take on accountability for you and your people's but then also recognize that it is a large system that's been working against us and you got to do what's best for you and your people sometimes. So you can come back and like you say, you can host the reunion party because you done built up a business. You got something of value that everybody can experience and be a part of. And and to mention that, bro, we was ranked in the nation. We were the top three, four in the nation. St. Louis, Missouri, baby. We, mm-hmm. we was ranked. And look, our coaches, honestly, we – I think they told us one time, but they kind of downplayed it because they didn't want us to have a big head. <laughs> so we didn't I, – I wasn't even aware really until like a few years later, like, yo, we all drank in the nation. I was up there with those Texas teams and Florida mm-hmm. teams. I'm like, what? Uh, Crazy. We had I, all – we, we got so <laughs> Nobody got more – like, it's major cities with a lot of talent, but St. Louis being a city of like 300,000, 400,000 people – don't nobody really got more talent than us per population, bro. Got you. Yeah, that's smart. You're right. You're right. You know, G, when did you get to the point where you made the pivot? Like, was it was it high school where you knew that all right, I might not make it to the to the league with football? I need to focus more on, on fashion and, and being a business owner. Was that early or did you have to figure it out on the way? Well, I made the pivot, man. Actually, right out of high school, I got into uh was that semi pro. I had a child, so I, my, my senior year, my son was one years old, mm. you know, so I had a child, and I, my mom gave me a decision. She was like, look, she actually didn't give me a decision. She told me what I was going to do. <laughs> you're going to raise this kid. Mm-hmm. You're not going to go to college. You're not going to do this, which is sound kind of messed up, but at the same time, I, I see her value in it and I, because she's like, I'm not going to raise your child for you, and I'm not going to allow nobody else to raise your child for you. But at the same time, I'm looking like I'm so talented. I'm going to make it to the league. Just ride me out for four years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So I had to make the decision, but being here in my environment, playing semi-pro, I got injured, and then that wasn't really paying that much anyway, so I wasn't going to keep on going back to get re-injured or beat my body up. So I said, you know, I'm just going to stick it down in these streets. So I started getting influenced back into the streets on the south side all over, and I ended up getting locked up, bro. And so I did uh, four years in the federal penitentiary, bro, like flat out. So I got, I went, I, I curved all the way left. And I did four years in the federal pen, and uh, I allowed that time to really uh, for me to reflect on like just in life in general, man. Like for real, because 
you gotta understand that when you get put yourself in a solitude situation, you can either become, you can dig deep and become greater, mm -hmm. or you can just fall subject to being the same or worse. You know what I'm saying? So I decided to read books. I decided to surround myself around some solid people. And I decided just to um, to move forward with it. So I knew I had like three and a half, four years to ride out. I got out, man. I hit the ground running, man. I came up with ambition, the only lifestyle in the penitentiary, bro. And I came up with the, the uh, actual uh, logo in the penitentiary. Guy gave me that vision with their logo, man. Like this this logo right here that's on mm -hmm. my shorts. He gave me this, this actual logo. And it's basically a tribal sign of all of my family members' uh initials so the first letter of their names and it, it came out to be this i just was scribbling it out and this is all of my family members in one logo bro so the only lifestyle man represents family bro you know what I'm saying represents royalty it represents uh adversity overcoming ambition you know what i'm saying so yeah I, I took that 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 left and i made it go right man and that's why right now i'm so in tune with the streets in tune with the the youth uh going out to um different uh organizations and juveniles to talk to people and to talk to kids man that's lost who's in like messed up living environments and stuff like that so i'm i, I like i love fashion but i love what bridges it the bridges that it creates and mm -hmm. i love the conversation that it creates and i love to be able to um continue to build off that man that's what that's my that's my thing i'm, I'm all about the culture bro that's facts, and I can tell how genuine it is, and just that story is powerful, bro. Because a lot of people get lost behind them walls, and my my father was in 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 the feds for four years. My cousin's in the feds now, and like just knowing that you gotta have something. It's it's. I don't like to be biased and, and push my my faith on people, but God is probably the only thing that's gonna get you through them times. And yeah. also understanding that you got a plan when you get home. Because yeah. a lot of people come home and they they just trying to go with the flow or figure it out. And especially in these times, I got folks coming home during COVID and it's like, niggas can't get no jobs. Niggas can't do nothing that they knew as a normal plan for when they got home. So yeah, it changed. <laughs> yeah, everything changed for everybody. So imagine what it's like coming out the feds to this, bro. Yeah, that's 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 got to be rough, bro. But it is being staying focused and, and being open to change, too, man, like. You know, a lot of people are so stuck in their box and they they like they they not accepting to having an open mind, bro, and just being able to adjust with the wave, man, just being fluent as water, man, because mm -hmm. that's that's what people need to understand. Like nothing stays the same anyway. So quit trying to be so comfortable with what's what's now and and adapt to the change. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? No, nah, that's facts. G. That's why I'm able to do it, bro. I'm honest. I'm 42 years old, bro. You would never imagine. I'm gonna say you don't look 42, my G. <laughs> 42. My my oldest son, 24, bro. You know what I'm saying? The one I was telling you about when I was a freshman. I mean, a, a senior in high school. He was one years old. I've been out of high school for over 24 years. My son's 24, bro. Mm -hmm. And it's like I move. I adapt to change, you know, and I take care of myself. And I, you know, I I just try to. Make that a part of my lifestyle, man. In general, everything, all in one, not just fashion, but it's a total lifestyle. That's why we name it the only lifestyle, bro. It's mm -hmm. about being just driven uh, on your nutrition, on your mindset, on all of that, bro. It's, it's a it's a balance. Yeah. 
I'm glad you mentioned that because a lot of people don't understand your health and wellness is just as important as staying sustainable as your hustle. Because if you're going to be the hustler, you better take care of your body, G. That's the only way that's going to keep the paper coming in. If you got to sit down because you're sick or you're in a hospital or just can't move like you want to, that's that's opportunities missed. Yeah, I'm about to hit the gym as soon as we get out there. I'm, I'm going to give me a good 30, 40 of them. 40 minutes. Yeah. Tap in as much as you can. Quit making excuses. Get your butt in the gym. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Write your goals down. You know what I'm saying? Stay motivated. Surround yourself around good energy. Anybody who talk down on your goals or you tell them about your, you light up, you tell them about your dreams and your aspirations and you see, you see like they're not excited for you. Man, get around people who are going to be excited for you. You know what I'm saying? For real. I remember when I was playing ball, bro. So I was at a small D2 school, Missouri Rolla, like an hour and a half from St. Louis. Yeah. Like, I wasn't even thinking about the league and I, I was really focused on engineering. And I remember when I used to bring it up, like, bro, I still want to go to the league. I want to go to the NFL. I used to have cats around me. It was like, nigga, we in Raleigh, bro. You're not going to the NFL. And that was the voices that you got to get away from you, bro. And like, yeah. I know it was times when you came home and you had your vision and your ideas of starting a business, starting a clothing line. It had to be some naysayers or some people was like, man, that shit ain't going to be popping off like that. What, what was that struggle like when you was first getting started and trying to get people to believe in you? Um, honestly, bro, like I'm always I always been a self-motivated type person. So like I said, when I was gone, I was uh, motivating myself, you know. So even though you did have some people like somebody was real near and dear to me, like one of my, my girlfriends, she was. I was explaining to her what I was going to do this and that. She's like, no, just get a nine to five, get you a job. Cause that's not, that's not solid. And I was like, all right, but I ended up going my way. You know what I'm saying? And we split up and, but due to me saying that is like, I made my first 90 grand in three months. When I first became an entrepreneur, man, within three months, I made a lot of money, substantial amount of money. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it was just like, wow. You know what I'm saying? I went off pure, instinct and and and, and ideal and not going towards what other people might push on you because people put their fears on you they mm-hmm. put they their uh, morals and values on you man you got to stick down and the people who do you see they prevail you know what i'm saying the people who stick down to to what they want like yourself you stuck down from Colorado, you prevail you know what i'm saying so this is this is what people need to remind remind themselves and remember you know what i'm saying you you are you were born here by yourself you're going to go by yourself, so write your story. Mm-hmm. And ain't nobody else going to be able to take that from you. Once you get to that point, they're just going to look like, damn, bro, figured it out, bro, made it happen. They yeah. ain't going to be like, shit, I was a dumbass. They ain't going <laughs> to take yeah. that approach. Out. They just going to want to salute you then once you're up top. But oh, They don't know what you got to go through, man, but you got to go through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. G. When, when, we was, when you were starting up Ambition, mm-hmm. I see a pivot. I see like th- this stuff is flop, bro. It ain't no no t-shirt shop, G. It's real quality material. It's luxury. It make you feel like I could wear this to the club. I could be in a video in this, whatever. What, yeah. what was that? Where did that pivot come from? Did you already plan this from the jump? You wanted to be a luxury street brand, or did it kind of evolve to that? I fell into it, bro. Cause so the logo that I created, I just knew I created a logo, bro. So. I wanted a dope ass tribal tat, so I just created the logo. So uh, when I got out, I got into entrepreneurship. First, I had three jobs. I was cutting hair, I was personal training, 
and I was working on like a 11 or 7 a.m. shift. And I did that for almost like two, three, four months straight, bro. Like all three, of, all three of those jobs, no sleep, just grinding. So my barbershop money, I was just taking care of the family, the bills. My checks I, uh, from 11 to 7, I was just holding on to, stacking. So I had like a nice little – some of my checks almost got voided. I had kept so many of them. <laughs> and then uh, what other job I had? I said personal training. Oh, cutting hair. So my cutting hair situation, I was just stacking that bread and making it flow. So I, my, one of my guys I was going with, he had a, a, a company called uh, Tag Me Designs, and that was in Northwest Plaza. It was like the doll tags with the pictures on it and stuff. Yeah, like that. I remember those. Yeah. So he, him, and his girl brought the dog tags to St. Louis, and I decided to invest into that. And when I did, we we took what they had going on at the plaza, and we and I took that to Fairview Heights, uh, Illinois. So when I took that to Illinois, it started popping off, going crazy because I didn't want to be too close to him in competition. So I wanted to go kind of further out. So I drove like 30, 40 minutes every day just to go open up the store at the mall. But I stayed up at that kiosk. From 9 a.m. to to 9 p.m. every day, I grinded it out because I was so used to working three jobs. I liquefied those three jobs and just worked for myself at a kiosk. So I just grinded it out, and we made a lot of money real quick. And then, um, what, what what transpired from that was it starting to slow down because it was a trend. So the dog tags was peaking for a minute, then start falling off because everybody had them. Nobody really wanted them no more. It wasn't a wild wow factor. So uh, I started decided to like get get more uh spanning my, my broad my, my business with like t-shirts mugs and all type of stuff you can just put your pictures on yeah i was making those shirts with the pop biggies the bob marley's whatever you can imagine you can pick out a picture and put it on a shirt and go out and step out for the night mm. so we was making those too so i kind of expanded to that so then the, the the logo i decided to start putting on my shirts to match my kicks so i'm like mm-hmm. i'm gonna start wearing this on my own so as I was wearing it and people seeing my kicks and the shirt, they like, man, where are you getting the shirt at? So I'm like, I make them. So I started making shirts with the logos and people started rocking it out. And it went from like that to like promoting music and promoting other artists like uh, mm-hmm. what's, the, what's the little cast name? Raw Reese and them out there and East yeah. Louis and all those guys. Man, we had them guys out there lit. We started throwing parties and events. And if you had an ambition shirt on, you get in for free. Mm. Fifteen hundred people falling in. Well, this was like way before social media was popping off crazy too. Like yeah. we created a whole culture in, in East St. Louis before social media, you know, since took off. So we uh we did it in real life, man. So it really became a thing to the point where I already had a good clientele base over there, and I had a good clientele base in St. Louis in a sense because a lot of people from St. Louis went to Thirty Heights. And uh, they just watched my growth. And then I ended up not being able to renew my lease one year. I was at that mall for five years, moved into an inline store. I went from a kiosk to an inline store. Mm-hmm. We, we rocked out. And then the mall management started getting jealous and started getting uh, envious of just us being young black entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. I'm 24 years old, bro. Got a store in the mall, bro. Yeah. Thriving. Hey, you know, hey. We doing airbrushing. We looking out for the schools. We going out to the schools like East St. Louis, Flyers and looking out for them, talking to them, the, the, the ball players, the students. And uh, we end up getting, uh, 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 we end up not being able to renew our lease. So I came out to, uh, what's this? What mall is this out here? The uh, the Mills. I went to the yeah. Mills for about a year. Okay. That fell, that kind of fell short. And I was like, you know what? I'm finna move to Atlanta and just really pursue this fashion thing because I knew that's where like it was thriving at. Because I read that uh, Russell Simmons Do You book, man. And he was just explaining like, you can't be in a small city expecting to blow up 
if that city's not even recognized for the particular field that you're in. So I'm like, I'm in fashion and nobody out here ain't really doing fashion other than Apple Bottom, Vocab, and some shit like that. Like, it wasn't really no brands out here. Yeah. So I was like, I'm finna shoot out today and get my name out here. And that's what I did, bro. I shot out there and start uh, building relationships, you know, with promoters and stuff like that. And and one thing led to the next. And now, now I'm kind of like, I'm, I am tied in with so many people in, in the industry, you know, in and out of Atlanta, uh, LA, New York, wherever it may be, bro. Just from just grinding out and learning the art of networking and relationships. Mm-hmm. Relationships is the, the movement of life, G. And being able to be a constant learner, I see that's why you able to apply whatever game you get whoever you meet and figure out how you can integrate that into your system and your plans. Was, yeah. was there a point when you got to Atlanta and what well, just, just running the business period. Cause sometimes we get in our own way thinking that we got to have everything perfect, everything on point. You do have to have your business on in point, your licensing, understanding your loan situation, whatever you're doing, however you got it going. What, what are some of the, the business details that you wish you had would have had more in line early that that now that you you rolling it, it helps you out that you got it together now oh uh, that's a good question bro more the business side i was thinking i would think more so like the trademarks uh i would say more so setting up systems um what else bro uh just being more uh more open to different opportunities back then as well you know what i'm saying so this is basically was about just growth, man, and it's building because, you know, I had a couple of situations. I could have actually had a lawsuit with that mall from how they did discriminate. Now, we came over the petition, but I never really pushed forward with it, too. So just being more consistent, you know? Yeah. 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 It's going to be those those obstacles come up, and it's like, how do you react to it? Especially if, if you don't got no did, – did you have business mentors or people that was giving you the game on how to run your store? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was learning. Hey, I was learning how I was going, bro. Yeah, yeah. And they, that's how you become. You're gonna become the blueprint for somebody. Somebody gonna be able to come talk to you like you, man. I'm, I'm thinking about this. What I need to know. I'm and glad you said that because right now I have a thing. Actually, I have a program, mm-hmm. and it's called the Gold Bar Blueprint, bro. And it's only three ninety nine, bro. And I'm actually guiding uh, clothing brands, plugging them with vendors, and showing them how to take the proper steps without making the same mistakes I did. Mm. And you said it's called the Gold Bar Blueprint? But it's such a greater game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's called the Gold Bar Blueprint. For anybody who's into the merch game, uh, into like having your own brand, or you just want to make some side money, regardless, like I got so many relationships with so many vendors from over the years, mm-hmm. and they can get stuff done quickly, uh, professionally, high quality, and just, you know, just and, and, and take your brand to another level or take your, your idea to another level. So, Go blueprint. That's it. No, I'm, I'm gonna be tapped in with you on that, G, because my, my brother Travis, everybody call him T Spit, but he started the brand Real is Rare back in St. Louis. And so the whole concept of that is, is keeping your character while you're trying to become successful. Cause it's a lot of people sell out, a lot of people fake I relationships. Just posted the post that real is rare. Like it's so mm-hmm. it's so true, bro. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it's, definitely want to tap in with you on that. Yeah, yeah, because it, it resonates, G. It resonates when, when you hear it and when you see it. So that's that's what I'm about is, like, making sure that you don't – when when I was growing up, bro, the people that they said you could be a doctor, lawyer, engineer, whatever, that wasn't just in sports or music, 
it was nobody else that I wanted to be like. Like all of them niggas was either sellouts or they was just like not messing with the culture or they was just trying to make white people too comfortable or too happy all the time. That is yeah. like, bro, I can't, I can't see myself doing that. And sometimes that that closes the opportunity to us that we need to still have. And so I take it personal. Like I work as an engineer now. When I go talk to the homies, it's like, bro, I'm myself at work. I don't. Hey, Tom, how you doing? How was the soccer? None of that, bro. I ain't doing none of that at work. But understand that it's it's a time and a place. You got to be on point. You got to be educated. But you don't got to sell out or change up who you are to be successful. Now that's so true, bro. That's important. It's really important. And I, I've been a victim of that before. Just you know, trying trying to adapt to a situation or talking to people a certain way. And I came to the realization that it's like, bro, this. Be, I mean, you got to look yourself in the mirror at the end of the day, bro. You mm-hmm. know, and you you also are training young kings and queens like with your, with the kids. So, what is it that you want to teach them? You know, you want to teach them to stand tall and to create your own uh, legacy, or you want to teach them to live somebody else's. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because yeah. <laughs> they will implement you in theirs, and you'll work for them. And when they want to fire you, they're gonna let you go. And they want, you know, so it's just mm-hmm. standing standing tall on yours, bro. And just really just Start to create a new, a new, uh, a new wave of 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 of, of people, man, and energy, man. We really gotta start bringing more things in together and really standing tall and and accepting our blackness, accepting who we are. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Accepting like the royalty that we really come from. Yeah, and that's a great segue with with everything that's going on in our city, and especially like we saw it firsthand in Ferguson. And we see it firsthand just being black men in St. Louis, one of the most racist, segregated cities in America. It's like when when you think about your business and you think about the effect of being a business owner and having a plan for generational wealth, why, why is that important to you, especially in these times? Man, it's important to me because, first of all, rest in peace, Mike Brown, mm-hmm. because today is the August 9th. Yeah. Well, yesterday. Yep. Yesterday. 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 Mm-hmm. Mike Brown, uh, Junior, man. Salute to Mike Brown Sr. and his mother. Um, it's important to me, bro, because, you know, the man, the marathon continues, bro. You know, and oh, for years, 400, 500 years, we've just been enslaved. We've been uh, tampered with. We've been uh, dealt with mentally. You know, we've been abused. We've been raped. We've been hung. We've been slain. We still get next. We still get stood on stood on our stood on our necks right now, bro. To this day is 2020. You know, so it's important to me to uh pull back into to my community where I've been subject to, you know, fall for the the okie doke, you know. So like with the projectories of like the menaces societies and the boys in the hoods and how we feel like, you know, being a man is to go take another man life or to stand on something that you know nothing about, like with the gangs and stuff like that, bro. Like it's mind boggling to me, bro. Cause we have been, uh, like we have been put in a matrix, you know, mm-hmm. we have been like put into a, a system where that's what they want us to do. We don't want us to be the intelligent Kings that we are and Queens that we are, bro. They want us to feud with each other and make the woman dependent. You know what I'm saying? I mean, independent on their own, the male, the male dependent, you know, there's so many different uh, scenarios in life where you can just sit back and see. And I just, I just, I just uh, promote people to stay, you know, conscious and woke to like what's really going on. And in order to do that, you just got to kind of do your history lessons, man, and go back 
and on, on your own, look on YouTube, man, and see, go back and look and see how we've been done for so for so long. You know, our parents, our grand, our parents' parents, their parents, like, it's not too far ago, it's not too long ago where we was really being treated so unjustly, and now it's the same thing is happening in a different way, you know, and then with the media and the different platforms, they are distracting so many of our children because that's the key. You have to distract whatever you try to conquer, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it ain't no different. You throwing a red flag in front of a bull, man. You swaying it this way, man. He gonna keep all right up and make him look stupid as hell, man. You know, <laughs> you know, you know what it is, bro. That's right. One, hey, each one, each one, teach one, man. Like if we just can tap into a few, man. We can't. We might not say the world of this generation, but we mm -hmm. we can work on it. You know, we can switch some switch some things around and shift some things because a lot of things are changing, man. Like look at it. I mean, we we standing tall in so many different ways. Just just don't fall for the okie though. That's what I say. Straight up, G, because they'll trick you out your spot if you let them for real. Man. Spot, boy. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you knowing that is is that system set up right now? How do you like? I I, I go through the same thing sometimes. I gotta check my ego. I gotta check, make sure I ain't just being fearful or I ain't going off some preconceived notions. When it comes to, to to working with other people in your community, whether that just be uh, black business owners dealing with black customers sometimes, how do you stay patient in that dealing with your customers? And how do you stay collaborative or respectfully not collaborate with other business owners? Um, honestly, I just take it a day at a time and with stride. That takes, you know, that takes, um, that takes a lot of patience, you know, it takes a lot of uh, experience. So, you know, you got to take each situation for what it is and learn from those particular situations. If you had a, a, a altercation with a client or with a, another business person who you want to collab with or whatever it may be, you just got to take each situation for what it is, take the emotion out of it, you know, look at it logically, you know, because that person can be going through some things, that person could be emotional. You gotta, you got your IQ gotta be a little higher than who you're dealing with. If it if it isn't, then you should be learning from this person. You know what I'm saying? So, because that person wouldn't argue with you if the IQ was if their if your IQ was higher than theirs, they probably would, or if their IQ was higher than yours, they probably wouldn't be arguing with you or having any type yeah. of because they already understand like they're gonna stand down like okay, you got that. I'm just not gonna shop with you no more mm -hmm. or whatever it may be. Yeah. So just experience, man. Just taking it a day at a time and literally looking at things from the outside looking in versus like being all the way in. And making it a personal thing. It's not a personal thing. It's more a business thing or it's their thing. It can be something they dealing with. You know, so cause some people bring their energy towards you and you can you can decide to deal with it or you can deflect it. You know what I'm saying? And in my case, a lot of times I deflect, I see I sit back. And honestly, when you meet people for the first time, they always come with a wall or a shield or a protection field or whatever you want to call it. And once you get to talking to them, and you might see each other's differences at first. But once you start peeling through those layers, you start seeing you got a lot of similarities. And that's when that's what turns out to be a great friendship later on down the line, because you're being so authentic and real with the person and knowing that there's still a human being, there's still a person in front of you, regardless of what they're going through or what they're trying to project. You know, it depends on that individual if they want to accept it or not. But nine times out of ten, everybody wanna be accepted, man. Everybody wanna be cool. Everybody wanna, you know, it's not too many people out here that just like so standoffish to the point where they can't even see similarities. Mm -hmm. Yep, and finding that common thread is is what connect all of us, bro. And the, the the last thing I want to leave us with, 
and it's somebody who I hold near and dear, one of my favorite artists before he passed away was Nipsey Hussle. And I saw that you had the opportunity to not only meet him, but actually exchange some merchandise and yeah. I don't know if you had a conversation or anything, but one, what what was that experience like with Nip and, and what did his 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 life and the marathon continuing, what does that phrase mean to you? Uh, it means a lot to me, bro, because uh, Nip inspired me to open up this location. Every day when I was building this place out, we were listening to Nip. Man. We listened to Mailbox Money, we listened to Crenshaw, like all that. And when he finally dropped Victory Lab, I was like, okay, this is my, this is my opportunity. It's my time to go meet, bro. I really need to meet him because now I saw that he finally was starting to work. Because I'm, I'm like a um, music connoisseur. I study artists that I really like. And... Uh, not too many artists get my attention like he did and he really did he got my attention because he did come out with victory lap and he came out with the flags and honestly like in 2012 i came out with something like that with my clothes and mm-hmm. it was called victory within and it had the flags and it had ambition and all that so it just his whole mission reminded me on that phase of my life when i was doing the victory within so i was like yeah. dang it was like that's why i had to come like check a flag out like check a flag on my neck like yeah. And bro, like he, he really did drop those jewels. And uh um meeting Nip was 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 amazing to me, bro. It was a magical moment for the simple fact that he has been a, such a sound as far as my uh motivation and dedication towards building a location for my set. And I'm right here in North County on uh West Florissant and 270, man. And like I kind of grew up in this area over here. Like I'm south side, but still my grandparents on in North County, so we we tapped into North County and Riverview and then I ended up going to Hazelwood East. So it was just like, man, it was only right to do something in this area where a lot of my peers I went to school with, a lot of their kids, they come shop with us. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to do a, do a marathon store here in St. Louis, man. Like I said, I was in Atlanta doing my thing. I could have opened up the store in any other city, honestly, but we decided we really wanted to do something here. And then it gave me opportunity to be a lot more closer to my kids too. You know what I'm saying? So I wanted to roll out the red carpet for the city, man, for honestly. Mm-hmm. So meaning Nip was just like a situation where, you know, I connected, like I said, relationships before. And one of my friends, he owned the club that Nip had an um, a album release party at with the Victory Lab of Medusa mm-hmm. in Atlanta. That's one of my friends, uh, T-Money. He, he plugged me. Shout out to T-Money. Thank you, brother, for plugging me with Nip. He called and was like, yo, my, my bro, because I made jackets for T-Money. So mm-hmm. I made him for his whole organization. So he called Nip and him. But you got a really good relationship with him. He's like, yo, my bro, we got a victory lap jacket for you guys. It's dope. Y'all should see it. They're like, well, let us see it. I sent them the pictures of it. And it wasn't completed. I had the patches and it wasn't sewn on and all that. So I had to kind of place that stuff together, take a really good picture like it was done, mm-hmm. send it to them. And then they were like, oh, yeah, run that. You know what I'm saying? So I ended up knocking it out in 24 hours. I drove out to Atlanta. Got my, I got a seamstress team in the A, so we got everything sold up and done. I packaged it up real nice with crip rags and all type of shit. Just personalized it for him, for real. It was a Tukey Williams edition uh, Letterman jacket with the mm-hmm. gold ball on the tee, victory lap on the back on the inside. It had the actual uh, a quote of uh, Tukey Williams with his face in the backdrop. Mm-hmm. I got it in the back, man. I could bring it out for you. You can see it or whatnot. But yeah, I, I saw it. I saw the, I saw when you posted. I was like, that joint is fire, bro. So yeah. I, they rolled out the red carpet for me. So the event was kicking off. We had T.I. in the building, 2 Chains, uh, Fabo. I mean, not Fabo. Uh, what's the nigga name? Uh, P with uh, Quality Control, mm-hmm. uh, Migos, 
uh, Lucci, Birdman. I mean, you can just name it. Everybody was in the building, bro. They literally like slowed, stopped the music, lowered it down, let me present that shit in front of everybody. And they start taking pictures. And that's how I was able to get the picture with Nip to that degree. And he was just like, yeah, I love that motherfucker, bro. I need one for the whole set. Everybody, two chains, like, man, that motherfucker hard. He yelling and shit. Like, people lost their mind off that jacket, bro. And it was a great opportunity of mine because I was just like, man, it, uh, you know, I was glad I was able to do this before bro passed, man, because I really wanted him to see my artistry and my dedication I wanted to add to the culture, you know what I'm saying? Because I thought that jacket all the way out, you know, so mm -hmm. it was a dope, a dope experience, bro. And he's solid. He's solid, bro. He came to St. Louis one time before, too, right after that. Remember me, we chopped it up for a second. Solid guy, man. But, uh, I think that's the most rewarding part of meeting people that you are inspired by is when they carry themselves like you expect them to yeah just down to earth they humble and they let you know that man i was i was looking towards the right people for guidance you know what i'm saying i agree bro i totally agree yeah that his, his whole if you guys don't never heard of it check out that mailbox money man it actually mm -hmm. it was a big impact in my life because he was speaking on he was mogul talking he was talking to people who already own businesses or want to own a business so he basically like laying out a whole blueprint on mailbox money and it's basically mm -hmm. just uh working towards you know building your legacy and your empire man because before he passed he had the opportunity to take care of his family man so they straight forever yeah gee. and that's, that's something that we got to see as demonstration to know that it's possible because lip service that should only go so far so and, bro that's why I want to give you your flowers now, man. Like you were, you were living in the city, bro. You got an experience as a store that's that's unlike anything else. And, and you transition from sports, man. A lot of people not able to make that transition, G. And so, yeah. um, it's yeah, the skin, bro. I ain't a lot of like <laughs> You know how it is when you can't run the thing no more, bro. Yeah, like, yeah. Ah. Straight up, bro. That's why, like, so I'm out here in Arizona in Phoenix working for a company called Exos. And so we train a lot of professional athletes. And so I'm around a lot of NFL combine guys getting ready for the league. And I talk to them about making that transition because I know how hard it was for me to figure out, all right, what's my what's my passion that I can keep going with, have yeah. some longevity with. And I never tell nobody. I got two younger brothers playing college football right now. I will never tell you not to try to go to the NFL. But know that you got to have a plan after the NFL. Like, you got to do something with your life. So you might as well be preparing yourself for that now. Just like you was preparing yourself for the next phase of life while you was in that current mode, knowing that it's it's a future down the light, man. It's, I mean, down the tunnel. So the, the I know I said last thing, but the very last thing, I want you to leave the people with, with something just about your vision going forward for your business or just something that you think is important for them to take from my conversation. Uh, vision. My vision uh, going forward right now is is basically um, staying focused on uh, the culture, staying focused on uh, creating new things. You know what I'm saying? Because that's leaving that creativity wide open. You never know what can create a new wave. You know, so because I man, over the years I've created a lot of ways that I was never recognized for, and I see them all the time. And I just I salute them, and I and I know that I'm in the right space. You know what I'm saying? So I know. One of these days soon, I'm going to get that major crazy break where it's like I'm being recognized on a platform where it's like, okay, this dude here is a great in his lane. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. um, moving forward, just um, staying focused on the uh, the legacy, the legend co collection and, and expanding that to different cities. You know, I want to hit uh, 
New York, I'm finna hit Dallas, like they're all the different cities that have uh, legends in, you know what I'm saying? So we, not just St. Louis, but we finna go, you know, uh, nationwide with it, bro. You know, so that's my focus with that. And then anybody who want to take anything from this, from this uh, podcast, man, just, I'll say this, soak it up. Any little gem you may find that you can implement in your life, just soak it up, man. Live that shit, live that shit the gold ball way, man, the ambitious way. Real talk, man. I definitely, I appreciate your time. We're going to be in touch because that, that's see, that blue. The shirt on, I see with that shirt on. <laughs> Straight up, bro. Like, it ain't no no faking, bro. I even post every now and then. Like, yeah. I, I talk with people who I know doing things that is respectful for the, I mean, that are impactful for the community and taking care of your family, being a man, being an owner. That That's that's what we got to be celebrating in our community, bro. Like, other stuff, that's cool, but you you doing your thing, bro, and I'm gonna keep on hustling, making sure I'm doing my part for the culture too. Oh man, this is dope, bro. I appreciate you, bro. This is hard. I I, I salute you. This hey, the, the presentation is a one. I'm gonna share it to anybody I can, and just to start this networking and bring everybody in, bro. Like I got a lot of boys that homeboys, like I said, play in the league, bring them in. Like this is start networking and really putting together. I got a homeboy that's a sports agent for years. He got a lot of ball players, like basketball players and football players. So just bring it in, bro. That's a bet. We definitely gonna be tapped in, man. Oh, yes, sir. This is dope. Straight up, to all of the listeners out there, appreciate y'all tapping in. Uh, shout out to the sponsors. Instagram, Instagram. shop at Mission Instagram, shop at Mission mm-hmm. Instagram. See us, follow us. Got to follow, follow my G, man, because he always got quality promotion. He got a a whole different, I mean, a whole blueprint you giving away. So yeah. you gotta follow the page to make Gold sure you tap in and know what's going on, man. Three ninety nine Gold Bar Blueprint. We got you. I got over 20. I got over 15 years of experience. Retail, wholesale. Let's get it. That's a bet, man. Shout out to the sponsors, Realist Rare. And until the next time, y'all double up. All right, salute.